Let's talk about The White Lotus, season two, episode three. Uh, we split up the power couples. Uh, Aubrey Plaza and Daphne head off uh, to make allusions to classic Italian films, uh, while uh, Ethan and uh, Bro Guy uh, stick around and get drunk and hire some prostitutes. Yeah. So uh, Aubrey Plaza is a very talented actor and I enjoyed very, very much the subtlety with which I saw, you know, you know how, like one of my favorite things is uh, when you see one actor portray another actor through the lens of the character that they're doing or whatever. In this case, we're seeing Aubrey establish her character and then have to, you know, tell her significant other that, uh, well, I'm, I'm going to be good. It's going to be great. Uh, and by the way, anybody, anybody who's been married for a hot minute will recognize that moment where one partner is interested in some uh, intimate time together, but like one phrase lands wrong and you realize it's not going to happen. That was an amazing opening that very much captured that dynamic. (laughs) Speaking of capturing human moments. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, absolutely. Uh, we also got uh, a, a little vignette, I would call it, on Valentina, uh, who who runs the hotel, uh, seeing a little bit of of her life and attitude on the way to work, and getting that that sort of awkward uh, compliment from her coworker, uh, and then uh, of course the the sort of intertwined story of the DeGrasso family and Albie and uh, Tanya's assistant um, uh, Portia. Uh, because now we, we see the, the very, the, the very end of, of Greg saying, but I have to leave and Tanya being upset. Uh, and then, then Tanya is just sort of trying to pull Portia away from the DeGrasso's who, uh, this, this episode's filled with movie illusions because they literally go to the house where they shot the Godfather, uh, and talk about the Godfather. Uh, yeah, and uh, wasn't wasn't the everybody staring at the girls scene a reference to something? Yes, uh, I, I read. I didn't know this. I, I read it today, but uh, there is a Monica Vitti starred in a movie called La Ventura uh, that has that scene, and apparently they were shooting uh, in that area, and the cinematographer said we should just recreate that scene with Harper. Uh, instead of Monica Vitti's character from La Ventura. So they did. Uh, I, I don't know how that works, if you have to do it the next day after you wrangle the the extras, but it's beat for beat uh, from La Ventura. And don't forget, Monica Vitti is who Tanya said she wanted to be when oh. Greg asked her about her perfect day. She's like, I want to be like Monica Vitti in a, in a movie and sit on a Vespa and have men light my cigarettes. Uh, so it, it, that all kind of tied together. Yeah. Uh, that, that scene a little bit pushed the edges of, of breaking the spell of, of excellent storytelling that they've been doing, uh, and instead made it a little bit turning the camera on itself. Um, the, uh, before that- I knew the illusion, I took it as, uh, showing how Harper's feeling, not right. li- not that that was literally what was happening. Yeah, and that was before they took the edibles, right? Correct. Because a part of me Correct. thinking back of this was like, oh, maybe this was like after the edibles, and it's it's Harper kind of getting into her feel. 
but uh, I guess this is all inter- internal before that moment. But it was very yeah. tense. I mean, you can there uh, Harper and Ethan are in a lot of danger dealing with this couple. It seems like. Well, especially they they uh, first of all, this is the first thing that shatters any illusions that we had that maybe this is a healthy, wholesome couple that. Aubrey, uh, that that Harper is just misinterpreting uh, things as advances. That's clearly not the case. They spell out with neon lights. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. You know, my husband's great, but his two partners are Bernie Madoff predators. Uh, But my husband's great. (laughs) Has he ever cheated on you? Just once that I know about. (laughs) Anyway, I'm not a victim. I promise. Like, oh, spoken like a, okay. I, I, I don't know if you guys took it this way. Uh, I have a theory that Cameron and Daphne have a wonderful relationship with each other amongst themselves, that they perfectly understand each other, and that Mm. the little games that they play aren't the way that Ethan and Harper are like actually at each other, that they're both like, yeah, that's the rules of the game. No hard feelings, right? I get to cheat. You get to not be a victim. And that's what I have a big red circle around is, what does that mean? Does that mean Cameron can do whatever he wants, but whoever he does it with dies? Oh, geez, Louise. Wow. I, I had unresolved Is Daphne thoughts. the killer? Mm. Oh, like I get to play like, like a puppy. I get to play with my playthings before you take care of them. And Cameron knows like there won't be any consequences because Daphne will take care of this and it will be as if it never happened. Wow. That's wow. That's, That's dark. Very premeditated, Tom. I mean, I'm not going to rule it out. But that's very premeditated. We uh, 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 just just to circle back on other plot points. Uh, uh. Loved the emergency meeting with the psychic moment. Uh, loved because specifically Tanya, who is portrayed as very flighty. Also, I'm conv- you know it's more clear than ever that Greg definitely just has a, a a thing, and it was probably a loved one that he loves on the phone or whatever. And and I believe really will be back in two days. Uh, or at least that's what I felt prodded towards. Um, but Tanya, like immediately calling BS, like she knows exactly what she needs. She needs a comfort and she knows that psychics all give comfort. And so instead yeah. she gets a, a real one, a real psychic, a meeting. spooky psychic, and not a nice like, you're, one. You're doing it wrong. Get out. And, and I don't know. That was a cool moment of self-actualization that I enjoyed for Tanya. Yeah. It's like, it, well, it's like seeing a movie. We know it's not real. We know it was, you know, filmed. It's like watching the white Lotus. We, we know this didn't actually happen, but we're happy to fool ourselves and, and allow ourselves to enjoy the story uh Tanya's the same way she's like no no I know this isn't real I'm just happy to fool myself that it could be real so that I feel better about myself and if you're going to tell me that things are bad then that doesn't work for me this this medicine is no good throw it out so uh we we have a bit of an up and down with our mm, dating ladies <laughs> uh, where where they get they get dropped we see um uh, Lucia and Mia. Who's the other Mia. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, props, I guess, to the husband admitting that, uh, you know, he's got a problem with sexual addiction and taking, uh, making an attempt to put his libido on ice. Um, my guess is uh, something will happen the very next day and he'll be back. Uh, going cold turkey doesn't usually work for addicts. Uh, so, yep. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm assuming. 
Uh, and then we end up with them uh, on the hunt for somebody else, uh, another whale, and they end up with, uh, uh, forgive me, what was his name again? Uh, Cameron. Cameron. Cameron and Ethan. They end up hooking up with the boys, and then they end up going back to, it looks like Ethan and Harper's room. Yep. Cameron has. Well, right, because they're adjoining. So right. it sounded like Cameron and the girls were in Cameron's room and made him open the adjoining room. Oh, so yeah. Ethan, could, Ethan really tried, you know, he, he tried to do the right thing. They, they banged on the door and he ends up kissing the girl. And then when she, you know, clearly indicates that she's ready to escalate, he just like, shakes his head. Hey, I'm going to go smoke. Does the right thing. Um, there, there was a brief moment. And the, those two are made for each other because Mia is not sure. She wants to do what Lucia does anyway. And so, you know, I think she was fine with that. She's like, oh, okay, good, good, good. Uh, yeah, although there was the brief moment uh, with, with Mia as well, where after being offered money to be a prostitute by the uh, piano playing guy, he hits her just with a different type of prostitution. He frames the exact same bargain. He's like, oh, you don't want to be paid in money. You want to be paid an opportunity. I understand. And, and yeah. she, this time she says, I'll think about it. Uh, but mm -hmm. there was one brief moment that, that caused a bit of a, an uproar on, on the hot new social network, the text threads between Tom, oh. Brian, and Bryce. Uh, okay, yeah. You can actually see the clip in question on Twitter. Uh, I illegally uh, recorded the television. But, uh, <laughs> and me texting but, Red Ripple to you. <laughs> yes, exactly. But uh, the brief moment when a uh, uh, dude slips down underwater, there is what looked to my eyes to be an intentional morphing effect of what? making... <laughs> making a skull shape uh, out of his face. <laughs> that uh, You can see the crossfade on the upper lip on there. There's no question in my mind that that is possibly a reference specifically to the exorcist, but just a flash of a death face because they are, they have established that they don't mind hitting you with a creepy minor key note to remind you somebody's gonna die. And uh, when I saw that, I was like, what is that a skull but nobody believes me uh, 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 i believe you see that i i i, I believe i see what you see i am and i know that mike white loves to make a reference so but i i can't i can't tell for sure if it's just our imagination or if it's really there teach the debate people i think it's just it was because he's literally underwater he's close Red to the ripple. surface where all the where all the refraction is the light is fading out and also like you had the brightness turned way way up like when we looked at this in real time oh no i i believe it's very very subtle but also everything about this program has indicated to me that they're the kind yeah. of people to give excruciating attention to detail like for example a brief uh five uh, or six frames of, so of a creepy face then what does that subtext tell you about the show uh, uh, well, what does that inform you about the show then? Oh, I agree. Uh, there's a school. Okay, there's a school. What is the school? What does oh, it mean? It, it means Ethan either did. I'm being tricked or they're what? foreshadowing. So it doesn't really give me anything. I just like That's noticing that. production things. Ethan gonna die. That's what that means. That's that's wow. certainly what what it seemed like they were sending a press release of <laughs> is is a hint yeah. that in retrospect you would notice. Uh, also, that we have the little subplot of Portia uh, not being excited enough by Albie. Uh, and Albie. sort of giving him the brush off because he's too awkward in his advances. We have to watch out for Albie. We have not. The Albie's, is. Albie's father, we know he's got problems. Albie's grandfather, we know he's not exactly Mr. PC. We have not seen Albie pushed yet. Albie 
is really trying to be steady. He's really trying to be, hey, I'm the calm waters. I'm doing everything right. I'm going to court you, Madam Portia, which Portia doesn't want at all. Oh, you want me to be more aggressive? Then you have to come with us on our special trip to the Godfather set. Allow That's me his to version forcefully of yeah. smooch you without permission. Uh, like like she, she goes to the point of like, or like, well, I don't ever think you could ever make me uncomfortable. And he finds a way with, these social expectations, you know, it's, it's, but it's the wrong kind of uncomfortable. Yeah. It is. Right. She wants someone with confidence to cut like that guy, Mr. Abs swimming over there during that scene. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, to, to come up and just be like, Hey baby, let's take a walk. Uh, and that's not what Albie's doing. He's, he's not getting the message. Uh, and, and it's causing her to be like, nah, I don't think so. And I think, she probably at this moment or at the end of the episode is done. Hey, if I don't talk to him again, <laughs> you know what? We tried. <laughs> and I I know he's not going to do that. I think he's this is, this, going to become obsessive. It, I, I, what we saw in the seat in season one Possibly. was for more and more temperature, the temperature rising, rising, rising mm-hmm. for everybody. And he's someone who hasn't been pushed yet. He's going to get pushed and, I, I'm presuming that it's going to be it's going to tie into the to the stuff with his father. Like none of these guys know how to talk around women in 2022, maybe. Um, and Albie's just got his own version of it. Yeah, I feel like Portia thinks, uh, you know, there just isn't a spark here. He's a nice enough guy, but I think I've made myself clear, and I got options. If it's not Ab's guy, it's somebody else. So, you know what? We'll just we'll just temper it from here uh and i don't think albie got that message uh yes and per i don't know ten thousand years of honor culture of all varieties uh who boy do men not like being scorned in an embarrassing way (laughs) do men do Mm. bonkers things when they feel rejected and dejected yeah and woman scorned for men scorned way worse and and (laughs) it's not a contest tom (laughs) (laughs) And they're out, you know, they're out of the country and, and I'm sure it seems like Albie's, you know, pretty well off. I mean, they're at the five-star resort. He's clear, like Portia clearly like is not supposed to be there the way Albie does fit in there. Um, it's, this is interesting. And I, 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 I mentioned this in like the first episode, but I'm really glad Portia is not like a very, uh, homely sort of character i like that they have really given her some actualization like she knows what she wants she's got power to to make control of her life and she is is empowered she doesn't need out she doesn't need albie there's a lot of hot guys and she's good looking um and i'm glad that this show doesn't just say she's got curly hair so she's the ugly one ah i see yeah yeah no it's good, good point. She'd, she'd be so pretty if she just took off her glasses that well, it's like the 30 rock trope. thing right like liz lemon's supposed to be this ugly character and tina fey is gorgeous very traditionally <laughs> yes. attractive yeah, yeah. No, exactly yeah <laughs> all right any other thoughts on the white lotus uh question do i need to hustle up and watch all of season one all at once this is the first episode i slipped behind because i knew Ah. we definitely needed to watch episode three of season two but i wasn't able to compare it to episode three of season one and and i'm wondering if that experiment holds up to scrutiny if should should i just binge it i i don't know how did you like the episodes of season one oh, that you saw, yeah, they, they were as good as season two. And go uh, watch it, but but they're but they're they're long. I, I I'm just well, breaking I mean, from I'm breaking from the promise that I made at the beginning. It's, it's gonna I be see, longer I than see. watching one yeah. a week. 
Yeah. So, I don't know. Tom? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't think I don't think it's necessary is what is all I would say. Yeah. Okay. Might inform a little bit of Jennifer Coolidge's character a little bit, but even then I don't think it's necessary. Oh, you're going to miss the good BLM joke too. Oh, it's a good joke. I mean, I'll watch it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. to the pile, people. Uh, that is The White Lotus, Season 2, Episode 3. 